value this time in your life, kids. Because this is the time in your life when you still have your choices. And it goes by so fast. When you're a teenager, you think you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. 30s, you raise your family, you make a little money, and you think to yourself, what happened to my 20s? 40s, you grow a little pot belly, you grow another chin. The music starts to get too loud. One of your old girlfriends from high school becomes a grandmother. Happy holidays. Welcome back to my midlife crisis. So it's been a little while. I have updated fairly recently compared to other gaps, but um, trying to get more of these done. And, you know, this is sort of what my part of my crisis is, is um, having these, these desires, these passions to do things and just really fighting on getting them done. And um, so that's a little glimpse into there. So what's going on? It's been uh, quite the holiday season, uh, I have to say. Um, I personally celebrate Christmas. I'm not necessarily a Christian, but I celebrate Christmas. I think it's a fun holiday to celebrate. It's a nice day. It has a nice little thing around it, and it, it, it's uh, it's it's fun. You know, I, I was raised Catholic, so you know, I kind of learned all about that through my into my teenage years when I sort of let it was led astray from the church by other things and um but the one thing I, I really do is I love celebrating Christmas I don't really celebrate any other holidays but Christmas is like I love celebrating Christmas um I think at this point it's just for me it's a very secular holiday it's so much of it is wrapped up in the you know Americana and um a little bit of consumerism I think is part of it we all we all do that so I, I really uh have to say I don't much go for the the meanings behind it but i celebrate it and i like to decorate with christmas lights i do a lot of lights in my house do a bunch of nets on the rocks and everything and i have a couple little tinsel animals nothing too elaborate nothing too elaborate i'm not like those guys on the uh the the christmas light fight i i love that show i watch a lot of it and it's been one of my indulgences this season (laughs) say so uh but this is a, a momentous day because today is the end of the really ugly part of our kitchen renovation. Um, we got our countertops today. Four weeks later, nine weeks after we started the whole process. It's been quite the journey with this company. Um, you know, for the sake of professionalism, I'm not going to say anything until they're done with all the final adjustments. But um, it, it's really kind of frustrating working with some of these guys when they just work on such fluid schedules and you can't really keep a schedule and um it's just kind of really tricky and it's just a little frustrating you know it's like people make promises they can't keep and that's not good that's one of the things i learned very early on in sales don't make promises you can't keep and it's funny because i just started my job when um we had a problem with our air conditioner and our air conditioner broke and we didn't have their special warranty on it so i you know, they kind of blew off the whole thing and I got kind of screwed and we were without air conditioning for like a week and a half in August. And, uh, if you're not from the Phoenix metro area, it's like 110, 112. One day it was 118. It was just rough. And, you know, you can't really do anything about it. Cause it's like, Oh, there's, there's only one of these parts in this part of the country. And it's in Texas. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. So, that was a whole big thing. 
I, I was kind of not the nicest person to them, but they displayed what I consider to be gross incompetence. And I don't know if that money seemed like a lot of money to them, but it was a lot of money to me. And um, it's customer stuff, man. Like I would never, you know, leave someone high and dry like this in my job. But anyway, that was then. It's been fixed. And then we've had some trouble with our kitchen. And um, the thing with the kitchen is we have this, our house is kind of old. Um, not really old, but like for our area. So it's like it's, it's like 27 years, almost 30 years old. Um, which is, you know, for where we are, it's, it's one of the older ones. And uh, the kitchen is from 30 years ago which was the 80s. <laughs> so it's uh, it's yellow. It's nasty. I, I hate our kitchen. Well, our old kitchen. And a couple months ago, over the summer, like one of the cabinet doors broke. And it just like fell off and the hinge just like completely disintegrated. Like it broke, 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 broke. So I'm like, great. So I try to go find a replacement part. I can't find a replacement part because it's, from the 80s and uh it was it's a piece of shit so you know they don't carry it anymore i cannibalized one cabinet where you wouldn't notice it to try and make it work and it's just turned out that the whole cabinet piece of wood is just toast and i just couldn't get it quite together and, and make it look nice and we had family coming out over veterans day and uh we had to do something about it so we started getting things going on a home repair and um, so we got new cabinets and granite countertops and we adjusted our whole kitchen so that like it looks really nice now. And we, we started this in, you know, like middle of October and it took until the end of December. But they get I guess they beat the 2017 deadline. But everything took the, the longest it could that they said it would take. So they told us, you know, oh, everybody's. Get new stuff, get new stuff. It's holiday season. I'm like, okay, okay. But you really need to be more clear. It's like, eh, it's probably more like, at least like highball it. Don't tell me three to four and have it be four. Tell me four to five. And then I'm happy when you bring it in four. But I think if that were the case, they probably just would have taken five. So whatever. But it's done. But it's done. And our kitchen's gorgeous. Our air conditioner works. And then there's the funny story. That was we got our roof done. So we had one. We had a leak. It happened about three years ago, maybe. It was one of those nights where it just got really cold and it rained, which happens out here. And the temperature change, I think, just got something underneath the shingles, and we had a stain on our ceiling. So it's like, oh boy, here we go. Now I've been worried because I knew it was the original roof, you know. And the house is 30 years old, and roofs don't really last 30 years. Especially out here, if you got some crazy monsoon comes through, you can just like jack your roof up and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah. So, that um, we got that done, and we found a really good company that our neighbor used, and we got them. And it's all set up, and they're going to do the demo. So, I go to work, and I know I'm going to come back just in time to catch them when they're starting to do the work on the roof. So I pull into my, my development, and and I see someone else getting their roof done. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. We're getting our roof done, too. How cool. We're roof buddies now. And then I'm getting closer and closer. 
I look and I see, yeah, that looks like the same company as ours. And then I look at the numbers. And my house is number 116. And the house they're working on was number 16. And I pull up and I see that there's nobody in front of my house. Bulb in front of my house. Shitty roof is still on there. Look over there and the roof is gone off of this other house. Like, not down to like look inside like, hey there. You know, but down to like where they have to go to roof. And, uh, you know, I kind of went over there and uh, they, uh, their, our communication was not exactly clear. There's a bit of a language barrier there. And I'm like, hey, you know, I think you're supposed to be at 116. So I go back to my house and I pull all my paperwork out. And I'm like, this thing better say 116. If it says 16, I'm going to completely lose my mind. Sure enough, it says 116 on it. Good. Yay. I'm covered. Call the company up. And they're like, uh, we'll call you back. And then they, then they called me back like two hours later. Oh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. We'll come by tomorrow. I'm like, all right, fine. And uh, then they came and they did the roof and the roof was great. But my neighbor, who is a single mom, works in like the local schools, got two kids, owns a house, I found out. So it's like, good. It's a homeowner. She, she got a new roof and I'm pretty sure she got it for free. So, um, so that's really funny that they came and did the wrong damn roof. So it's been an interesting uh, year of home renovations for me, <laughs> home maintenance. So that's uh, it's been like the big uh, to do around the homestead right now, and it's a lot of stress, you know, having to deal with that. So I've just been kind of working on trying to keep a routine together while I didn't have a kitchen. I I did all my holiday cooking and everything on top of. Uh, pieces of plywood that I put on top of the cabinets. They installed the cabinets and then it took another month for them to get countertops in. So still have a microwave on a on a chair and my dishwasher's gone and my sink is gone. And I still don't have my sink yet. And that's been the hardest part of this is having to do dishes in my bathtub. Because that kind of sucks. And I know these are not the worst problems in the world and people are dealing with Far, far more traumatic things. It's just a real pain in the ass. That's all. Try doing it. You just crouch over. It's just not good. It's not good. So navigating through all these tough times, you know, I've actually found a little bit of, it's been helping me a little bit is uh, some meditation, but it hasn't really kind of kept me even. You know, it's been a struggle and, uh, I'm on the road a lot, so the food is the biggest problem. And you just fall into old habits real fast. So I'm trying to fight my way through it, and I'm getting back to it. I joined a gym, and I'm going to be working out and eating right now that I have a kitchen. And I actually have a kitchen I can work in, which is really nice. I actually have like a countertop now. So I'm attacking this going forward. I'm trying to go back to to taking no days off and, and be on top of everything and talking to my wife and being on top of my job and doing all the things that I enjoy doing. And it's been, uh, it's, it's hard to juggle, you know? It's really hard to juggle. Unfortunately, I find myself escaping too much, you know, binging on Netflix, playing around the iPad. It's just like you just find yourself falling into that hole 
And it's such a difficult thing to walk out of. But it can be done. And I know that's going to relapse. And I'm just telling myself it's just it's a cycle. It's going to go in and out. And there's going to be times it's going to be easy to be on the ball. And there's going to be times it's going to be hard to be on the ball. I think the fact that I've restarted a career, um, lost a relative, and um, going through all this chaos in my house, I've been able to keep it together fairly well. You know, it's it's hard, but you know, it's a lot to manage. I think no matter what you're going through, you have your own stuff to manage. And no matter who you are, when you're interacting with other people, you need to remember everybody's got their own things that they're dealing with. Everybody's got that relative that's not going to make it. Everybody's got the bill collectors pounding at the door. And you just got to keep perspective on things. And that's been something that I've been trying to do more and more. Um, you know, I get to talk to a lot of people now, so I get to hear a little bit about other people's lives, and it's, it's kind of good. It certainly gives me perspective. It makes me appreciate those people more. And um, it's kind of cool that I'm actually having the ability to interact with adults. Because <laughs> most of my interactions over the last 14 years have been with 14-year-olds and um, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. And it, it's it's all the stuff that goes with them. And you just it's really hard to keep perspective of you know, what you're, how much you do as an adult. And, you know, kids don't know. They don't know. They, they, they can't really, a few of them get it because they have to, but it's just really hard to, to maintain that objectivity of, you know, what the real world is really like when, when you're stuck in a classroom all day. It, it certainly has made me rethink what are we doing with public schools? We're creating this weird artificial environment for children, which is like not founded in the real world. I guess that's a little deep right there, but it's it's one of the things that uh, I think about. I drive around a lot. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in a car. I spend uh, a hell of a lot of time in the car, you know, 2000 plus miles a month. So there's a lot. And you, you know, your mind kind of wanders, especially when I go out to, like, southeastern Arizona. I'm driving out into, like, desolate area, places where you're passing by, like, real cattle farms and things like that. That's a, a fascinating part of the valley to be driving in. It's all flat. It's like if you ever see the movie uh, Raising Arizona, it's, like, kind of like that area. I don't remember exactly where that is, um, but if it's in Florence, I actually go to Florence where the big jail is. So yeah, it's it's kind of a weird space. If you've never, if you're a listener and you're not from Arizona, um, it's definitely worth visiting. There's so much cool shit to see, and there's a lot of weird shit to see, and that's the fun part. I mean, the Grand Canyon is awesome. It's amazing. You go see it. It it's it's too big for you to really like comprehend, in my opinion. Like, well, I'm too small to get how big this thing is. It's just crazy. You go see it because it's like the coolest thing you'll ever see. It's the biggest thing you'll ever see. It's gigantic. It's just, it's Grand Canyon. So, um, you know, it's it's so cool. But there's other weird shit, like, especially just right by the Grand Canyon, actually. If you go to the, the towns near there and stuff, there's a lot of weird little towns in Arizona, man. It's a lot of weird towns, especially once you leave, like, the valley. Then you start to see some really interesting stuff. No idea where I'm going right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's 
it's just a rough, rough couple weeks being a a person of pop culture fandom. Um, yesterday was the passing of Carrie Fisher, and that really sucked. That hurt a lot. Um, you know, I just saw Rogue One. I'll talk about it in a second. But, you know, there needs to be like a moment to, to, to sit there and say, you know, what a great actress that went on and did some some really cool things with her life. And she portrayed such an awesome character. And you could sit there and eulogize it, but you have to remember she brought that character to life. So that that's a really cool thing. And and when you really break down the Princess Leia character and you learn about who Carrie Fisher was, she she's to in a lot of ways was Princess Leia. <laughs> you know? Maybe a little bit more brash, but you know, she she led a, a very, very, very fascinating and full life. And you know, it's it's sad to see that get cut short. You know, sixties a little bit on the younger side for me. You know, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Usually when you get to like 70, 75, I personally think 80 is really it. It's like once you're past 80, you're on borrowed time, man. You're, you're, you won, you finished the race, you're doing your victory lap, usually in a wheelchair. But, you know, you're doing it. You made it. Like, there's you you totally nailed it for life, and you can just go away and everything will be fine. Yeah, maybe that's just my perspective. You know, I think you can only live life to a certain point. You know, because I did was my aunt, and my aunt she was very sick towards the end, and couldn't really go anywhere, and couldn't really do much, and she wasn't mobile, you know, hunched over, and she was like that for God, like twenty years maybe. You know, she's part of that generation. They got they got old early, and then just stayed old. Me and my wife are talking about that. You know, it's like because I think my parents' generation, the the baby boomers, I think. uh they're just going to like um, sort of power down. They're going to slowly slow down every year, lose a little bit, lose a little bit, lose a little bit. I think my generation is is going to be more of the one day we're just going to get really old really fast and then we're going to die. And then the generation after us, these, these millennials, as they like to be called, or as we like to call them, or however that shit works, they're just never going to die. That's going to suck. They're going to be young right till they die. And then the generation after that, they're going to be the ones that are going to live to like 300 years old. Unless, you know, the zombies come next week. So, but back to Carrie Fisher. I think um, her openness and her honesty about what she was dealing with in her life was an inspiration to me to partially to do something like this podcast, to be honest about, you know, struggles. I don't have those type of struggles, luckily. I mean, I do have to contest with those demons, but, you know, I just got to keep the demons at bay and just, you know, bring them out to play every now and then and then put them back away and then they'll chill. You know, you can't just lose it. And not everybody can do that. And she wasn't one of those people. And for that, you know, my heart goes out to her family because, uh, you know, I, I know from experience, it, it's not just the person who has a problem that goes through hard shit. It's also the people around them. So uh, it seemed like she was uh, at a good place at the end. Um, you know, she filmed, finished filming episode eight, I guess, and did all of her stuff for that. So we'll get a nice little goodbye from her and um, wish her the best. So 
It was kind of weird now seeing her at the end of Rogue One like that. Oh, did I say spoiler alert? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I forgot to say spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler, whatever. Uh, yeah, they uh, they put Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. But it's not like Carrie Fisher. Maybe it is like spliced from the old movies. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. Um, I think they can create enough CG stuff that looks exactly the way it should for it to be not a problem. It's not like they filmed in HD for the first few movies. So they can make an, an HD slightly blurry image of all those original guys and just do the whole damn thing over in CG for all I care. That's cool with me. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, overall, I was very disappointed with Rogue One. I, I think I'm the lone voice that has gone out there and said that um, I was excited by it. I thought it was going to be a really cool premise. I was let down. You know, I knew a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't think it's going to be good. And then they came back and they thought it was as good as Empire. And um, this movie is nowhere near as good as Empire. And here's why. You don't care as much about Jin Orso and Cassian Andor. You don't care. And the, and the people who they said their names twice, so you don't remember who they are. You didn't care about the characters as much. Everybody, like, the sass-talking robot. Yeah, cool. Why did we have to lose that guy? Oh, shit. Um, so, hey, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this. And if you haven't seen it by now, you're, you're, you're really not missing much, really. It's, it's nothing to be spoiled. Um, you know, I'm not going to do beat for beat for the movie, but I just have to say, it's like, it's a war movie, and they make it a war movie, right? So, yeah, they blow the android away. That sucked. That was a cool character. And that was like the only one I really liked. I actually didn't think Jin Orso was anything special. I was a little let down, actually. I was a little let down. Before I went in, the guy's, uh, the guy doing the tickets, I'm like, oh, did you see it? He's like, nah, we can't see him now that Disney owns it. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, but I heard a rumor online. I'm curious. I'm like, oh, what'd you hear? I'm like, I don't care. I'm just gonna... It's like, I'll, I'll be disappointed for two hours. No big deal. <laughs> he said, he's like, oh, that character turns in Jin Orso is actually Princess Leia. And I'm like, oh, that that's stupid. That's not going to happen. And it doesn't. So there you go. So, but the whole movie, I was kind of looking for little things like that. And I'm like, nope, not even a hint. All right, cool. And yeah, it was cool. It was it was nice. The, the last 30 minutes of it were clearly what they wanted to show you. The first hour of it, not as much that was not as the awesomeness you know so I, i'm one of the people i just have to say i think the, the last third of the movie was great it was star wars caliber perfect addition to the universe um definitely the uh i don't i say it's, i still think revenge of the sith was a good movie but um you know of the prequels if we'll call them that yes it's probably the best one you know i thought the acting was good i just didn't think the characters were anything that i could really connect with and um, maybe that's the thing. I don't know. You know, it's for me. It's like, well, um, I I can see where you can you can uh, compartmentalize the Star Wars universe and start to make movies geared that way. You know, make a, a series of movies that are just about the Jedi. Make a series of movies that are about the droids. Make a series of movies about smugglers and bounty hunters and like Deadpool style, you know, and like make a movie about like the Republic and like these like soldiers and stuff. Like you can make all those kinds of movies and it'd be really cool. They'd probably make a lot of money. And, you know, maybe you don't have to get all the Star Wars fans in each one. I don't know. That's just my theory. I, I like the extended universe and I spent a lot of time there. 
And, you know, they did a lot of stuff with Rogue Squadron, which was cool when you could read. It wasn't my cup of tea. I was more into the Jedi. So I read, you know, all about the Jedi stuff. So I, I'd like to see them do that. And, um, you know, this would be in the category of the movies that I wouldn't consider to be must-sees for me. You know, I, th- I think it's a cool movie. I like it. I like how they work everything in. The bad guy was fucking cool. He was really cool. And, you know, you got to see Darth Vader do some Darth Vader shit for the first time. You didn't didn't see anything like that before, you know. So if you don't know this, there's like a scene where like, remember how in Revenge of the Sith, how he walks into where the younglings are and they close the door and that's it? Well, there's a scene like that, except they show what happens afterwards. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, obviously, you're not going to get Lucasfilm or Disney to do a movie where you know, a fallen Anakin Skywalker is going to be slaughtering a bunch of children. Like, you're not going to see that in a movie. I mean, I would watch it, but you would probably get a lot of people who would not be okay with that. (laughs) And, like, that's fine. So in this one, you get to see him do some real cool, like, you know, no army is going to take my ass down. Like, he just comes out, cracks that saber, and it's just, it's cool. It's cool. You know, I think they even set things up so you could have some events happening before Rogue One or as a montage movie, you know, which I, I, I would like to see them do. You know, I, I have a, th- a hope, a desire that they, they bring back Mara Jade. They, they pull her from that extended universe that already exists and just plop her in there. You know, they've done that with a couple different things, and I'd love to see them kind of expand on it. Um, that's the thing is like a lifelong Star Wars fans like now you're sitting there like well what are they going to take they're they're cherry picking things you know and and it's a lot it's a big orchard to cherry pick from man you got the solo twin well I guess you can't really do that anymore (laughs) they're supposed to be the solo twins and then their their other son but uh, they changed that oh yeah it's a spoiler I guess look if you don't know these fucking movies and you haven't seen them by now you're you're just going to have to get it ruined Um, so yeah, not the biggest fan. Not the biggest fan overall. You know, I, I give it like a three stars. It's like a, it's like a Jedi level. That's what I put it at. You know, so it's not like it's not, it's not like I think it's like Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones. Like those those were dog shit. Those were awful. You know, it's more like it goes there. It's like then you know Jedi, then Rogue One, maybe. My opinion. Then you go New Hope, and then Force Awakens and Empire equally amazing. I love those movies. So, we'll see what happens with the next one. And uh, what they do number eight in the series. And I think we're just going to wrap that up there. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, We appreciate you listening. And um, please subscribe. And feel free to pass it on to somebody who you think might be interested in this. Uh, You can contact us uh, email midlife at bachmusic.net. That's midlife at bachmusic.net. That's one word, M-I-D-L-I-F-E. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, at midcrisispod is our Twitter account. Then my Midlife Crisis Podcast is a Facebook account. So until next time, be the hero of your life, be part of the solution, not part of the problem, and keep live music alive. <laughs>